Hello and welcome back to the officially unofficial film podcast with George, James and Ben. How are we doing? Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, me and the boys, like, for a good half hour before recording. So we're meant to record, like, at two, and currently on recording, it's, like, half an hour later. No, we always start, like, we, half yeah, we, we do, but, like... Yeah, but we got a time limit this time. Yeah, we've got a time here. limit. I've got to, like, disappear uh, to get my don't COVID vaccine. Ah, oh, there we go. I was about to say, yeah. don't you want to say? Don't you want to praise it? Yeah, I've got to disappear to get my COVID vaccine uh, at some point. So we're if we suddenly finish... I apologize profusely. Because uh, I think we're okay, all going to have a bit jockey. of... Yeah, we're all going to have a semi-eye on the time. But as a follow-up from last week's podcast, we're doing part two of our Disney marathon podcast sub-series thing, basically. Hey. <laughs> um, That's basically a lot of Disney's movies, except Disney is just smaller, right? Yeah, basically. Like yeah, Fox and the Hound. That's just a fox fighting a hound. It's less big monster. It's more cute little fluffy animals fighting. Oh, with, with the stuff that got sent in uh, the Discord the other week with a thumbnail. Oh, God. No. Literally King Kong and Godzilla kissing. So this could essentially okay. be, uh, what was it, Fox and the Hound 100%. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. That would be atrocious. Anyway. If it is, if it is anyway. So, yeah, this week we're doing the next 10, 10 or 11 Should Disney through the movies. Yeah, so we're starting off with, uh, and we're going in year order because we're cool as hell. Um, now I've got to find the picture. We're starting off with 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was done in like 1961. This was done 60 years ago. <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, it's so oh, good. This was one of the ones that I did rewatch. And this you know... So- you know what, right, is that I hadn't seen the animated one for ages, but it's the one animated film that actually turned into a live action still works. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I only watched the live action before going through all these movies. Yeah. Like, I love, I I genuinely love this film. I think Cruella de Vil's, like, top five Disney villains ever. Oh, yeah. Plus, aren't they doing a movie on her soon? Yeah, I think it's Emma Stone who's playing Cruella Deville. Really? I think so. I think so. Ben's immediate. Ben's immediately <laughs> become interested. I can't remember. I think it was either Emma Stone or Anne Hathaway, but I want to say it's Emma Stone. Okay. I mean, yeah, both. Either both, way. I'm I'm good with. I think I do. I do think from what I remember, it's Emma Stone. So they're gonna have to dye her hair black slash white instead of just. Virginia odd like i'd never i'd never think but then again maybe actually i mean i think it'll work i oh, think yeah. that, like 101 dalmatians is one of those kind of sleeper disney movies where like it's never brought up in someone's top 10 top 5 disney films but, oh, but it whenever, whenever you mentioned it whenever you mention it to someone they're always like oh yeah like i love that film i'd happily rewatch that film oh glenn close and hugh laurie in the remake you're absolutely amazing type thing that's actually really surprising because you know dogs are life at, to some people and shit like that so uh movie villain mm-hmm. being sort of like i want to skin a bunch of puppies to make yeah. myself a nice new coat but like, like whenever you mention like a top five top 10 disney films to people they're always like it's always like your snow white sleeping beauties lion king aladdin uh frozen stuff like that like it's never like like kind of this and i'm gonna say this like tepidly but kind of this generation of disney films that we're reviewing today is almost like the forgotten lot yeah, yeah. Go under the coat a bit. Yeah, the only one that I would say that doesn't is um the only two even are Robin Hood and the Jungle Book. The rest of them kind of go under two of them especially just go under the radar all the time. And amazingly it's the two that are my favourite. <laughs> but you know I would say Winnie the Pooh has got some clout, but not this specific Winnie the Pooh probably. Yeah, like Winnie the Pooh is like just an icon in T V and film. But not from this movie. I think it's from a multitude of other things, like the series, the films, the spin-off oh, yeah. films, well, like uh, Christopher Robin and Pooh's uh, Pooh or Piglet's Heffalump movie or something like that. Uh, the thing that I found out about Pooh this week, I didn't necessarily realize it, but it was one of those things that you can kind of like 
it just clicks once you hear it. All the characters have a disorder of some kind. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, either yeah. poo eating yeah. disorder, piglet anxiety, bunny OCD, Tigger ADHD. Everyone knows. Depression. Everyone knows the human schizophrenia, yeah. owl insomnia, Kenga social anxiety disorder, and Rue autism. Yeah, which I think I love how they works. Yeah, but it's like, like I th- I feel like a lot of the ones in these films as well start to deal with like uh, like issues within the films. Mm. If that makes yeah. sense, like uh, Winnie the Pooh definitely does, Jungle Book definitely does, Fox and the Hound definitely does as well. Um, like them three, I remember they really deal with like they are they're actually quite good social commentaries in some sense. Mm. Um, uh, so. Do we have anything else to add to... I know, James, you made a load of notes today. But 101 uh, Dalmatians before we actually move on. From, my like, two from, facts from, from... about 101 Dalmatians... Well, three facts, but we have already sort of co- covered sort of like Cruella Deville. Cruel Devil. That's... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only six yeah. puppies have names. Yeah. the two dogs, so only eight dogs out of 101 <laughs> dogs have names. I don't think... I'm I don't think they, they didn't, animate. like... Sorry, Ben, you go. Okay surprised that they didn't you know what james has said was, was correct but it's like i'm surprised they didn't say the the 15 names of their actual puppies <laughs> yeah i want to say they don't actual i don't uh, barring like i think three scenes i don't think they actually animate all of the dogs at once no like i don't think they do i can't remember but you i'm know. pretty sure they use a lot of the same sort of shots throughout the movie just like with different like backgrounds but like they do that they do that even now and they've done that within others of these films so that's cool oh and all barking is done by humans i did know that i did know that that's amazing that i think like a lot of the animal sounds in these films in this lot of films are are done by humans Mm -hmm. uh up until a certain point till about the 80s they're all done everything's done by humans i think i mean a lot of a lot of this as well is set in Britain, which I found quite amusing. Like, yeah, I found that weirdly interesting. Like, one hundred and one Dalmatians, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book is obviously set. I think that's meant to be set in India. Yeah. Um, Aristocats. I can't remember where that's set. Is that set in London? Uh, no, it has British geese. That's all I remember. That's it. Uh, Robin Hood is obviously set in England. Uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I think Christopher Robin is set in England. Like hit the kid yeah, Christopher that, Robin is English. That's what makes me think of. Like, I'm not sure how popular Winnie the Pooh is in America type thing. Yeah, rescuers obviously they kind of go all over the place, so that doesn't really count. And they start in New York. Um, Fox and the Hound. I'm pretty sure that's actually set in America. Interesting. Well, same sort of themes in the UK, surely. But yeah, they've got like it's so it's like if, if it's set in America, it would probably be set in like Carolina in like a woodlandy hunting type area. Uh, uh, Black Cauldron oh. is fantasy. Um, Great Mouse Detective based on uh, Sherlock Holmes. So. Yeah, and then Oliver and Company again. I can't remember where that set. That was literally. I watched that this morning and I'm blanking. <laughs> Oliver and Company is one of the most disappointing Disney films. Oh in yeah, my opinion. it's in like New York type thing. I I was kind of happily surprised by it. Like, <laughs> it was alright. I've never been a fan. Um. Ragtag team of animals do some shit. Sure, why not? It might be because I've seen it so that kind of theme so many times before. Where now I'm like kind of just null and void to it. Yeah, fair enough. But you can't really say it's been copying the others since it was done. Like no, 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 not at all. But I just think the kind of theme of it, like, like bearing in mind nowadays, I've seen stuff like The Wild, which is very similar, and like even Finding Nemo as well to a lesser extent and stuff like that. Where you've got the tank lot. Um, so moving on from 101 Dalmatians. Um, the Sword in the Stone. I remember as a kid, I loved this. And re-watching it, I was really bored. <laughs> I don't know what you guys felt. Me. Like, uh... I feel like that's going to be a running theme throughout these. Yeah. Well, I, I never... This era of uh, Disney, I've never really watched a whole lot of it. Like The big one for me is probably Jungle Book. Yeah, the rest of them fairly easy passed over. Maybe. Similarly to me, I would say as a child, I watched Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, 
Robin Hood, Black Cauldron, and Great Mouse Detective. See, I and watched 101, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, pretty sure Robin Hood, pretty sure Fox and the Hound. See, I never, li- I literally never saw Fox and the Hound till last night. Same. That's good. Again, I'm pretty, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure I've watched Jungle Book before this week. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird. Like, you got, like, Sword in the Stone, I expected it on the surface to be a lot more, like, knightsy and more focusing on the kingdom, whereas realistically it's just Merlin and Arthur, i.e. the war. Being ward. animals. Just, uh, yeah, being animals it all the time. Of, like, like, lessons being taught in each of those animals. If that this is sense. also true. Like, the uh, wizard yeah. fight was great. Oh, yeah, that was sort of like the wizard fight is a good part the animals are kind of borderlining social commentary stuff sort of yep. like looking at stuff from other perspectives and shit like that yeah i always uh, the wolf always amuses me within sword in the stone i always feel bad for him <laughs> yeah but he's trying to eat him i know but i do feel bad he's like every time he like he has his mouth just agape there's like a twig that just lands in there or something or other it's always quite amusing my only problem with like Sword in the Stone is whenever I watched it as a kid, it always like especially in memory, it always felt like very trippy and weird. Really? Yeah, maybe maybe this was one of the movies that I watched when I was like ill, when I was like at my grand's. Oh, what? You have in one of those dreams? No, you know you're just kind of a bit feverish, so you're not entirely with it. I, I, you... I can't get you there, especially yeah. since they turn into animals at one point. I can yeah. definitely see how you see this as a fever dream a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's very much how I remember this one for some reason. I do find it funny how the Black Cauldron has a more badass sword than the Sword in the Stone, kind of. Yep, we'll get onto Black the Cauldron. Stone is bit. just more symbolic, whereas the Black Cauldron ones can literally cut through steel. I know, I love it. Like Black Cauldron, yeah, we'll come onto Black Cauldron in a bit because um, I've got a lot to rattle off about that. I say a lot, but it's like a bit. Um, moving, it. moving on then swiftly from Swold in the Stone to arguably probably Disney. Even though we said that a lot of these films have been kind of swept under the rug by Disney, this is probably one of Disney's most iconic films. Oh, yeah. I definitely had a, a hell of a ton when I was young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jungle Book's incredible. I don't think there's any. I think the villain's great. The ensemble cast around, the music's incredible. It just reminds me of videotapes. Yeah, it really does. And like, everyone knows, everyone knows uh, I'm the king in the swingers zone. The jungle VIP. Oh, there's so many good songs in it. Yeah. Um, There's also been really like, I found it quite amusing that within about a year, we actually got two remakes of Jungle Book. We got the live action one, which I've still never seen. And we've also got it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And then we've also but we also had Mowgli, which was the Netflix film. I haven't watched that. Yeah. I've always wanted to watch it but never got around to it. We could always do a pod where we do all the jungle books, like we did all the Lion Kings. Yeah, we could do that. We could also do um I'm thinking about at some point we do a live action Disney, but I feel like we'll be here forever. We'll be there. Like, yeah, I need, I need we a break. We need a good break. Yeah. We, no, we need, need a, a solid break. break. When we start to run out of ideas, type thing again. We go on to live action. Say yeah, again, we have so many ideas. We do. We just we haven't just got around to them. Wanted to do a big series. I did want to do a big series because it'll be fun. We haven't yeah, done we a don't... big series like we did since like we did the Star Wars pod. So. This so. is the biggest series, George. This is the biggest series we've done, but yeah, no, you get what I'm hey, saying. Hey, might as well go bigger and bolder each time, guys. Mm. Would you guys... I don't know. I was about to say, would you guys want a re- another remake of Jungle Book? But I'm like, actually, no, I really I... wouldn't. That's a really dumb question. Like, I feel like... It's not been done to death, but I also feel like the live actions are being done to death. And we're seeing they, too many of the same story. They're just not as good as the originals, which is yeah. frustrating. Um, yeah, and it's making it really, really infuriating as well. Considering like how good some of these films are, and then they're choosing to remake them, and it's just not—it's not the same because they can't cut certain stuff out because it's iconic moments, and yet they're trying to make it. Each of the directors and the films—they're trying to make it their own, but at the same token, you're like, 
your Guy Ritchie remaking Aladdin, your most famous for Snatch and um, the Sherlock Holmes films. films. Like, like how are you going to do Aladdin style? To yeah, and it's and it's difficult to add your own uh, style to a film where like the style is so iconic. Um, uh, I like how this is the starting film to the racist warnings again. Yeah. 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 I don't even think the racist scene is that bad. What is the racist scene? I can't remember. It, it's the monkey scene, I'm pretty sure. That yeah, that's make... what I was feeling. That was ma- yeah, that would make sense. And I feel like it's only racist because we know kind of contexts of stuff. As a child, you would have no idea that this is racist or anything like that yeah it's just because like in the past people have been referred to monkeys yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah like yeah. again this is one of those things where it's like i they're not trying to be racist at all with this this is just us in well, we don't know that social co- let um, i mean maybe but also i i don't think with the rap yeah. sheet so far of the racist stuff that they've done, I can't yeah. be a hundred percent that this isn't racist intent or like the previous ones type thing. And this was the mid mid to late. But 60s they are improving ago. upon it. I get yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like I think most of these films actually don't have a lot of racial tendencies within them. I think the Jungle Book does have that one major racial tendency. The rest of them kind of don't. Not that I can remember anyway, which might mean they do, but who knows. Um, also, this might be secretly a transgendery film, because you know the snake? Yeah. Apparently it's female, but voiced by a male. Well, it's the same with another character that we might touch on in a little bit that, I, that there's that theory about as well, but we'll come on to that when we come on to that. Fair. Also, um, another fact on Jungle Book is uh, originally the parents just... Uh, ditch the child to be eaten by wolves yeah there is there is that i think that is actually the original storytelling yeah but they made it all kid friendly by oh it's just a child in the woods and they were saved by wolves and then they changed the context in the the live remake where it's like no it was it was the lion trying to kill the man with fire and then that's his kid um I, i like the idea of them trying to add stuff onto it but yeah, that was really not memorable for me. No. <laughs> so. Um, moving on to Aristocats. Um, this is a Disney film that I've never got into either. This is weird. Okay, so this lot of Disney films, like I've said, it's like kind of ones that Disney's kind of forgotten about, quote unquote, barring Jungle Book and probably Winnie the Pooh. Um, and maybe a hun- you can argue a hundred and one Dalmatians. But there's also a lot of these films where like I either fall into I'm semi disappointed and a little bit bored, or I love them, and okay. Mr. Cats falls into the earlier bracket of I'm kind of disappointed. I never really watched Aristocats before, and I came in Min's... thinking of it going to be bad because, like, I'm not the biggest cat person, and the whole style of it, I was like, ah, they used the pun against me, uh, but it surprised me. I I, I liked it. It was all right for me. Ben, what do you have to add? This was one of the ones that I didn't <laughs> get around to watching. Sick. To be fair, I'm like, I, I'm so like hit and miss with this film that I'm like... It's more just animals talking and doing shit. Yeah. But one just, impressive yeah. thing that I find about this is that it has the most languages used in one Disney film. Like, oh, really? Yeah. It's I did not know that. The most... Well, it, uh, I think it makes sense because you've got all the different animals as they travel around. Sort of like you've got the British geese. I think the uncle might be French or something. I think I got told, but who knows. Uh, mm. you got the other alley cats. I'm forgetting a load of characters. I watched nine other films. Please forgive me. Uh... <laughs> Don't worry, you're remembering better than I am. Like, oh, this is also the other film with... I'm pretty sure there was only two racist notices, and this is the other one. Oh, is this the Cats? I'm pretty sure this is the Cats. Yeah, it's and the again, Cats. Everyone I can knows see why, with bigger context, it is. But 
again, it's just with the context. In other uh, child mind looking at it, it's just Alley Cats being sort of like shady. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like within an innocent mind, you wouldn't tell, but with a with a wider context of now we're older, you kind of look at it and you're like. I think the biggest connection they have towards that is the music type as well. Like with Jungle Book, you got the scatting and like around about that time, that was just the bigger music, the more iconic for them. You mean this? Do you mean the scar music? Or uh, no, the monkey music in Jungle Book, where I wanna be like you. Ooh, ooh. Oh yeah, like that... it was kind of like kind of scary, like skewed up bap. I can't remember the yeah. genre of music that's called. Jazz scat type thing. Yeah, scat man, scat man kind of thing. Yeah, a bit of jazz. Like I mean, again, it's the sixties. Like again, jazz was the rave. Yeah, and then this comes in again, but it could be seen as cultural appropriation in a kind of sense. This is why I don't like these buzzwords. They just annoy me because it's sort of like I, I love it when culture. Uh, gets added to and sort of like seen from different lights and stuff like that because in the end of the day it's culture like in a void culture wouldn't exist so surely more people embracing and mixing cultures it's a weird argument of the left side where sort of like people want them to stay in their own culture but they also want all the cultures to get together it's a weird conflict yeah yeah, that's a that's a whole other discussion for debate that True. is not I'm not willing to have right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to lay on either side too much. That's, I just want to say there's a conflict there. I see. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving on from Aristocats because I really don't have much to say on Aristocats. That's fair. Um. Is weirdly one of the most iconic films that Disney have done. Yeah, I definitely don't think this will be done in live action. In Robin Hood, uh, it would just be so hard because like it would be hard. It would be weird. We've do seen so like many action Robin Hood and stuff like that, and it they look goofy type thing, and they're just childish enjoyment because even a child can see through it, but none of the characters in the thing can. Like you can't really do that with live animation without not making it look any sort of good way without sort of like infinite more money and effort put towards it than would make it a profitable movie type thing yeah and let's face it we've seen the best live action robin hood which was the kevin costner one with alan rickman as the sheriff of nottingham oh my god you threw a bunch of names at me and my mind is just flatlining okay kevin costner 90s legendary action film star alan rickman severus snape Severus Snape. I got that one. Cool. Good, Next. good. Yeah, no, uh, that... Maybe it's worth doing a Robin Hood podcast <laughs> at some point. Oh, you know, for that. I love yeah. the story of Robin Hood. It's such where we a look classic. At, yeah, where we look Robbing at the Russell Crowe one. To we, give to the poor. Yeah, we look at the Russell Crowe one. The Russell Crowe one was interesting. Um, we look at the Russell Crowe one. We, we look at the Kevin Costner one, and we look at the uh, Men in Tights one as well, which is kind of the... Uh, the joke one and then we could also look at the errol flynn one from like 1937 maybe um but yeah the again do you really think this is probably yeah the most iconic one that they won't remake into a live action i can't see it happening can you like trying to do the animals it would just look goofy as fuck i mean it's goofy as fuck anyway no, but like it, it's <laughs> the wrong type of goofy right yeah, yeah. i get quirky like... versus like uncanny valley like, imagine if they did, like, the Lion King level of realism type thing for, like, fucking, like, fox standing on its hind legs. Can we, can we also appreciate, that stork like... outfit. No, I want to oh, press yeah, on the yeah, stork no. outfit first and try yeah. to do that in real life with a real fox type thing. Can you imagine, like... It would not work. No. Can you imagine, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, like, playing Robin Hood as the fox dressed up as a stork? It would be, like, someone... <laughs> It'll be absolutely. It'll be like crack. Well, um, then again, like as Tropolis style, it would kind of work. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, right, is that would they bother animating it Zootropolis or um, Lion King style? 
Laura Sonic, they would go Lion King. Even though they yeah, didn't. they would go Lion King because that's what they did for Jungle Book. Yeah. Can we appreciate, by the way, the best character is definitely... Is it McClucky or Clucky? Like Maid Marion's maid. Oh, okay, yeah. I do like that character. She's she's absolutely cracking. She's an absolute gem of a character. Is she like the first female character that is really independent that isn't a villain? Because uh, we had Cruella. Too much. No, because we had Cruella and obviously we had Maleficent. But like, do you get what I mean uh, when I say that? Uh, I was about to say Sword in the Stone with the magic person the witch but again that's stereotypically yeah it's not yeah i don't know i'm trying to think arrest the cats the cat was fairly posh and useless yeah um um, before that we had snow white and obviously the lead is snow white but damsel in distress finish uh pinocchio no real females in that other than the godmother oh no godmother the the fairy and pinocchio i guess you could say you could argue. Yeah, maybe uh, Sleeping Beauty because the three witches just go around like they're sort of the main. Oh, the three fairies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fairies, yeah, not me. For them. Not witches. Um, Again, mind melted. <laughs> I watched so much yeah. Disney. It's yeah. just so many Disney words flowing around in my head that I'm just like, kill me. <laughs> Um, moving on to the only the second time where we have two Disney films in one year uh, is The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh uh, in 1977, firstly. Um, I forgot this film is basically a load of short films. Uh, this sort of made or a load of skits. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely see a load of skits because, again, I think franchise started to normalising a lot of disorders like yeah. just destigmatizing them and whatnot just to help. I, f- I feel like if you could repackage Winnie the Pooh um cuz like Sesame Street has started to do it as well with like dealing with um disorders and uh we say disorders and we don't mean it in the negative context but dealing with like different personalities that people have and different like problems that people have like if they could repackage it a bit and kind of not make it the forefront, but make it a bit more. Um, I don't know what's the term. Obvious is not the right term, but a bit more like yeah, accessible, like easier to digest. I think it, like it is really easy to digest, but to people do. don't clock it. Yeah, but it's a really kind of hard thing to do because, like, first of all, you got the stigmas, and then you got all the classifications of the words that are generally used by common people in all manner of things and then held to more scrutiny higher up yeah like, it is difficult it's a very nuanced thing so just i like that there's just some screen representation of it because again as least, a child yeah. uh seeing a lot of winnie pooh not necessarily this movie like you, you see Eeyore and stuff like that, and they're just sort of like, oh, he's just a character. He's just a normal person. Well, normal animal thing that's meant to represent a person. And you're like, oh, they had this idea of sort of like putting a load of the different characters with different disorders and just, again, normalizing it. Yeah. It's just a cool thing to me. Like, um,. <laughs> The other thing that we so you mentioned about Jungle Book, how the snake is meant to be female, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm never sure about this, but I'm never sure if Pooh is a female or not. Oh, uh... like can anyone else clock Ben? Can you chime in on this? Would you know? No, I'm gonna Google it. See what the internet says. It yeah, it's because... like. Because it's like my thing with Thumper. Um, like I always thought when I was younger that Thumper was a woman, but I'm not too yeah, sure. Okay, apparently, I don't know. The summary at the top of Google is he's defined as he in the books, um, right? And the Disney voice has always been a man. Turns out, real life bear he is named after is actually a female bear named Winnie. Yeah, so, so that's where I think that's where my kind of like I'm not sure which is which. There is a new, there is a BBC article on this as well. 
okay. like the bear when he is actually a girl. So what it probably is is it's technically he's a boy, just in his like imagining, so to speak, in Winnie the Pooh that he's based off a girl. See, that's that's interesting to me, and it's kind of also a bit sad that he's kind of based off a female bear that but they made him male. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters because he's just a kid at that point sex and that sort of stuff just doesn't really matter also true <laughs> like, like, yeah. i think i think it's well well kind of like done across all of the main characters of like Pooh, piglet because like is piglet a boy or a girl i think piglet's a boy see this is where we're questioning honestly the i film. couldn't tell you for this any where, of them this is where we're like the only one i can discernibly say is i think owl's a, owl is male and i think kanga is female and that's it I think the human is male. That's oh, the human's take. male. Mainly. Hey, you, you never know, George. Yeah, you never true, know. True, true, true. But don't want does to it matter is, is the bigger question. Yeah, like... All I know is that Christopher is that uh, the film Christopher Robin, where Christopher Robin finds Winnie the Pooh again, is played by ewan mcgregor and that's all i care about is that christopher in some universe christopher robin and obi-wan kenobi are the same person so that's fine yeah i'm okay with and that. they both have schizophrenia and they both have schizophrenia what because he's seeing all his animals come to life thing. oh yeah i mean no that could just be classed as imagination it could be but again right. every character in that technically has a disorder i'm pretty sure I think every... that was the vibe they were going for. Yeah, but every animal character, not every you character. You say that, but schizophrenia does make sense. And that's also what my true. Disney nerd told me. So I mean, that would be cool, but also I that think that was just cool. much into like, you know, a, a, a kid's thing. Does that make sense? I think that starts to border on the, you know, reading too much into it. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Uh, if it fits, it fits. Uh, I don't yeah, think that's yeah. too hard to push for. Yeah, it's the funny thing is, right, is that as a kid, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh seems like really accessible and really easy to watch. And then the older you get, you realize the more symbolism that it has. And I think this is probably one of the first films where it really had some symbolism. Mm. Um, or some social commentary behind it. But you even like, I th there'll be adults out there who would have watched the films with their kids and been like, never clock that. Because obviously in the 70s, it was such a stigma that was barely thought about, let alone discussed. Um, talking for about one stigma and moving on to the other. Um, this was also brought out in '77, The Rescuers. What what stigma has about the Rescuers? The idea of of like an orphan child being forgotten and left behind. Oh, uh... if you want to unpack if you want to unpack that box, then there is that poss there is that kind of social commentary that goes alongside that. And as dark as it, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. There was a point. So like, rescuers I hadn't watched for ages, and you know what? I really didn't care for the mouses, for the mice, for the mouses, the story of the mice. There we go. I really didn't care for their story, but when it came to the actual child, there were times where I was tearing up, like genuinely tearing up. I was kind of up. the opposite. I liked the stories of the mice, but the child oh, I just didn't give a shit about. Like I'm I was not like another woman in distress. Come on, Disney. <laughs> true but i did really enjoy what was it the um you know the scene with the with is it russ the cat and penny i really enjoyed their scene and i have to admit the rescuers has one of the best uh intro and most beautiful intro pieces of music i think in all the disney films so far like it really was beautiful to listen to okay um, I, I just liked the little mouse council, and then the oh, little, little council was gone. Little spuckly janitor gets the hot new agent, even though the hot new agent can be useless at times. But she does pull out some things at some point, so there are there's a little bit of back and forth. I think. With I, I yeah, I think the rescuers is quite balanced between the two main characters, um, or the two main mice. Also, the albatross is a gem. Um, he's an absolute gem. <laughs> Um, oh, that's a good bit of goof. I really like though, as well, is that yeah, like you said, they have some balance, and I really like the fact that the 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 male mouse is way more nervous about situations and superstitions, and the female mouse is way more confident, and she just goes for it, and it really works out for her a lot. 
I don't know why. I just feel like there, like you said, there is a lot more balance, and it's probably considering it's the seventies. There's a bit, and like an animated film, the fact that there is that balance there is quite something. Yeah, probably a reason why it got overlooked. Quite possibly. Also, this did uh, the rescuers and Winnie the Pooh came out both in seventy-seven. So that's what I mean when this is only the second time where a Disney film has come out. Two Disney films have come out in the same year in theatrical release. And they did pretty well with them so yeah yeah they have um right moving on from the rescuers to um i think it's the crowd favorite now yeah like these are so these next three films are actually my favorite films from this era of disney right um hang hang on on. hang on whoa let's let's get onto it right well boys we'll move on we'll hang on we'll get to it when we get to it but the Fox and the Hound, though, is a gem of a film, and I had no idea. Same, like, like yeah. Ben. Ben, had you seen this film before? Sorry, I, I see. This was one of the ones that I didn't rewatch, but I had seen it. You know what? The Fox and the Hound, man. The the entire idea of the story of two two characters, and not even two creatures, but two characters who and two personalities that shouldn't necessarily be friends, but just want to play together and just want to be together and enjoy each other's company and then they separate and they come back and they don't want to hurt each other and then something horrible happens to one of the characters and all of a sudden it's like they have to go their separate ways and then when when the chips are down for one of them really down for one of them they decide to put everything aside and they're like no i have to help my friend i have to help my friend and he goes and helps him and then they he copper the way copper like protects todd right at the end and then they just have to go their separate ways and they'll probably never see each other again just really like it makes it makes you sink man and i can't imagine like there, there's, that, we've all gone get through that together again i like the cheeky smirk that they did just sort of like yeah <laughs> boy and then just sort of like the ending shot of sort of like the foxes with his bitch just on his arm just sort of like that's my friend over there but like, obviously th- staying away because of what's the other one chief chief yeah uh, Chief got fucked up. Pretty and bad. He's a bit of a dick, but you still kind of feel bad for him. No, I, I, I weirdly respect Chief, you know. Um, True, it's a dog in his ways. Yeah. He's been yeah, bred and he's for very it. good in his ways. Um, and he, but I always found it. Is it really bad that five minutes into this movie, I was like, oh, okay, so when's he going to die in the film? <laughs> because it is that disney trope at this point like we've watched so many films that we're like oh it's the old like wise mentor but he's not like the wise mentor that's at the focus of the film okay when's he gonna get knocked off then the fact that he wasn't knocked off but he he was but he didn't die the fact that he didn't die shocked me (laughs) to be honest i had a curveball in there every once in a while yep i actually feel like not a lot of people have seen this film I feel like more people should probably watch this film. There's a couple of Disney films that we'll go through and we've already have where like, I I personally feel that more people should watch the film in terms of how good the film is actually, how good the film is and what the film, what the film's message actually is. I really can't blame people for skipping over and not wanting to watch it because Disney does love to do its stuff in like weird bulks so you got the princess errors you got your uh talking animal errors obviously they're fairly interconnected and sort of like there's a lot of variety at any one error but it's still just like there's so much saturation in the market that so many gems just get overlooked because you don't want to watch another couple of dogs do some shit for the next couple of hours yeah like one one big thing that always springs to my mind whenever um you talk about like disney the animal films and like the saddest film that disney did everyone's always like oh it's bambi and now i'm just gonna argue everyone be like no it's fox and the hound oh bam like bambi you know what we discussed this last time but bambi's just not that yeah (laughs) it's just not like i get it when you're a kid it screws you up because imagine being I didn't the... even get as I was a kid. I just That's never really got behind Bambi. 
That's because you're a psychopath, James. Well, maybe I just watched better films that did it better already, George. Or that, there is that as well. Um, what? So, with Fox and the Hound, yeah, I just feel like more people need to watch it. We'll come. There'll be more films like this that we talk about as we go through our little podcast series. But if you've got an hour and 20 spare, so this is a pretty damn short film. They all are, to be fair. A lot of these early films are. If you've got an hour and 20 spare, just watch Fox and the Hound. It's such a good message. The cast is so small as well. Like, if you think about it, it's uh, the two humans, the two dogs, the two foxes, and the three birds. And that's essentially it. True. But again, like, we're only in part two of this series. And technically, there's been like 30 hours of content ish. True. That's probably the upper limit, 30 hours, but still. Yeah. Um, That's one at of, least 20. Do we think that they'll remake this film, bearing in mind they remade Lady and the Tramp? Oh, I love a good remake of this. I feel like I, a remake I, would do good. I think, I think you get Queen Latifah in as the owl as well, and you're there. Like, especially with it being live action and sort of like people being able to see their pet a little bit more in it and stuff like that. I feel yeah. like that could tug on some heartstrings pretty well like yeah of all the live actions i feel like this one's got one of the biggest potentials out of this like kind of group that we're covering today especially yeah i would agree with that i think there's only just have all the ones that have tried already yeah i think there's only one other film that could probably rival it in terms of having a live action reboot that would make it make it better than the animation there's a couple of loose articles talking about the possibility of it being in like some kind of production See, See, I have woo! I have heard that. Um, I wonder but, if it's going to be one of those um, that goes straight to Disney Plus, though, like Lady and the Tramp as well. Yeah, this article is from 6th of September 2019. That doesn't mean it's not in production, because there's been rumors about Disney stuff for years that end up making itself to the forefront. But it just takes a while to get there. Like, do you not remember the rumors about Marvel having a huge cinematic universe back like when Iron Man first released and Iron Man 2 came out and it was like, oh, it's Cap Shield. I wonder if they'll be crossing over. And then it's like, oh, wait, hang on. There's an entire thing about it that they're building towards. They hadn't planned the whole thing. I think the MCU did a very smart job where it just like dropped in little hints here and there and then baby steps. Yeah. 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 And that might be what this is with the Fox and the Hound. And to be honest, I think the Fox and the Hound would be a good film to probably do into a live action rather than doing it for the sake of doing it. Mm. Like, Lion um, King, I understand, because you got... It's Lion it? King. It's Lion King, and you got a lot of... You could potentially do a lot of cool backdrops that look real, but also psychedelic in some ways, but they missed the mark a little bit there. With this, I feel like it's an easier one to pull off, but also, like, it could be just that much better. Um, moving on from Fox and the Hound to, to to honestly what is known as the film that Disney buried, um, the Black Cauldron. That had Would either they bury it. What? So th- this is a film that kind of Disney doesn't really acknowledge. See, I can't remember whether I have seen it, but I recognise the dog. Oh, what? Uh, I've forgotten all their names because well, their names are so fantasy. True. To sum it up, it's basically uh, Necromancer with Horn King uh, and his little goblin uh, want to raise an army of undead using a cauldron. And yeah. that's about it. Hecate comes in at one point, you know, the mother maiden crone to, you know, give the magical uh, pot to them. You know, that magical port. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Gurgi. Uh, re- Gurgi, that's the dog. Yeah, they revive Gurgi at the end after he saves the day type thing. I love Gurgi. I love Gurgi so much. I think Gurgi's such a cool, like, such like a fun little character. Like, the way... At, at the end, I was thinking, did I really need Gurgi? <laughs> like... This is true. I, I fully enjoyed Gurgi. Also, Gurgi, the bard. Why, why is the bard there? 
Oh, I got no idea. He's think... just there to hit on the maiden, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but the black. So, do we think the Black Cauldron would do well with a live-action reboot? Because uh, uh, mm, mm. I kind of I, think that, it that's would. That's too much live-action at this point, George. I know, but like there are certain films, and again, we'll go through these when like we reach them. But there are certain films where I feel like they would benefit from a live-action remake. If this got the Witcher effect, where it's made by people who genuinely give a shit about the source material then yes yeah, so yeah yeah, yeah. like so what was quite interesting is that actually a lot of footage of that has actually been cut from this film as well has it? um there's been people for years trying to get the original footage to be released and it never has been never there were like when they did test screenings with families and like mums and their kids there so there is a moment in the film where you know when the undead are being raised and one of the undead grabs one of the guards by the throat? There's actually a yeah. scene cut directly after that. And apparently the scene is uh the undead the undead thing getting up, grabbing him by the throat and slit and like essentially you see in the shadow of him slitting his throat open. Alright. And like murdering him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell as well, because I, I knew this before going into the film, because I read a bit of trivia about it, because I'm like, I know Disney don't really like the fact that they have this film. Like, there's no other film like this in Disney's repertoire, right? But that's and why if, I find it interesting. <laughs> I know, this film is, like, really, like, off the wall for Disney, right? Because there's no other fantasy thing, Lord of the Rings thing like this i guess the only other argument is treasure planet but i would more argue that sci-fi and based on original source material whereas the black cauldron isn't you might hate me but i still haven't watched that yet that's all right to come up i mean we've you've got a couple of weeks until it comes up so you'll be fine um so yeah they they removed that and you can also tell in the soundtrack as well because it just cuts it changes like steps basically it changes key it changes uh the timing of it as well and it's really really weird and they basically they've wanted people have wanted the uh footage ever since and it's never been released by disney and you know what at this point i don't think it ever will be i really don't think it will be they're not going to do like a 25th year anniversary they're not going to do a 50 year they're not going to do a 100 year anniversary for this film i can't see that happening in the slightest because this is like this is a film where disney doesn't really want it in its repertoire I don't know why. Like, they have so much shady racist stuff in their closet already. Why is this one the one they're trying to bury? I've got no idea. But, like, has, before this film, had. Why? So, before before we were doing this, had you you guys had heard of the film, right? Uh, not really. No. Oh, really? Ben? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'd seen it, but I just don't remember it at all. Yeah, and like that's kind of the thing is that a lot of people don't really know about this film. This is like one of the few Disney films where, like, if you mention the title to someone, they'll be like, "What?" The other Disney film that's like this is the one that we're about to come on to as well. But yeah, it's just kind of like this weird. I heard of the Great Mouse Detective before. Oh, had you? Okay, cool. That's fine. I just but... don't like it that much. Oh, really? Okay, then. Well, that's going to be an interesting couple of minutes in a minute. But yeah, I don't know. Black Cauldron is like weird. Like it's it's kind of weird. It kind of you. It also fits in this bracket of like stuff like Labyrinth though as well, where yeah, like is that mid eighties fantasy where a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like I know the film, and it's basically if people know the film and they've watched the film, they love it, or they're or it's like, eh, yeah, sure, whatever, or more of a classic rather than a straight up classic okay, yeah. and even then i've seen labyrinth and i'm not that much of a fan anyway moving on to the basil the great mouse detective words. huh those are big words brother yeah i know <laughs> anyway um basil the great mouse detective i actually think this is probably the best so so far the best uh film where they took the source material and kind of made it their own okay i'll, I'll give you that cool sick but Win. Win for George. Ticked. Well, they, they made it their own, but like, <laughs> James I is still just, would like, just prefer good. to watch any other material that is based it, on it. So do you, do you I like really the not like it? 
Yeah, uh, Radigan is great. I just wasn't that interested. It's not like I dislike it. It's just I'm just not that interested. <laughs> yeah, it was I, just I, fine, I, in my I, opinion. I, see, I have to say, I do think Basil is a massive asshole. Well, no shit. Like the Sherlock character is always a massive. Like, like any <laughs> Sherlock. This is true. That's gonna hurt everyone's ears when they get onto that bit. When it's like, like when James just shouts that. Um, How did I shout? <laughs> yeah, it was quite loud. It hurt my ears. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not editing it. That I can just like put in a warning. James is gonna shout at like 52 minutes. Um. You see, I don't know. I maybe this is more like a childhood nostalgia thing, but I've always loved this film. Oh, I can see that being a thing for you. Like I, I just like heard it of kind it of when I was young, and I was like, eh. like it's also like it's kind of steampunky. It's quite dark in places, so that might be why I loved it as a child, and it's kind of shaped me into who I am. <laughs> That's fair. I, I like my steampunk just more. Not that. Yeah. True. Like, like it, uh, when I woke up and he was doing the little flying thing at the end, I liked that bit a little bit. I have to admit, the closing sequence is absolutely marvellous. It's really, it is quite tense. And it is quite, it's, it's horrifying is the wrong word because it's a Disney film and it's not that horrifying. But in terms of like suspense and making your villain look so imposing, I'd say that last sequence does that very, very well. Right in Big Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I was like, oh, they're flying in the sky. I wonder if they're going to go to... Oh, and there's Big Ben. Yeah. Ratty-arty. I but do it's like... love that character, but it's just the rest of the movie, I just can't, like, I like my other... I keep forgetting his sodding name, Sherlock Holmes. Basil. Stuff, like... It's in the name. No, I mean other Sherlock Holmes stuff. Oh, what? Like not, the... not Basil. I don't care about their names. You mean like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock and Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock's? Yeah, like, I think they had some cool twists on it. And then uh, this yeah. one is just sort of like more childish. I can see why you have nostalgia for it. I can see how it's a good intro to stuff like that. Steampunk, good enemy. But at this point in my life, I just got kind of bored of it. <laughs> yeah. I think this is one film as well where, like, so we've discussed previously, like, some of the best Disney villains already. Like,. Maleficent and Cruella de Vil but this is probably one guy where like I think he is a really good villain he's very much a mafia boss oh yeah is, is a vibe I get right but I think he gets like quite overlooked as like a very representable Disney villain possibly because he's a rat which also might not help um, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of um, villains are generally seen you know because of the quality of the movie they're in I guess. yeah and that, just... that like he he stands out less because he's in a less well-known slash lesser movie yeah. i think i think this one was just very run-of-the-mill like it wasn't bad but it was just yeah. it was just it's like you're you're indifferent to it like it doesn't offend me that it is yeah, there at the same point i'm not going to revisit it whereas like i'm more likely to revisit this than i don't know robin hood or um yeah, that's a statement. I went there. Come on, keep saying more names so I can make more noises. Go. Uh, Snow White, uh, Peter Pan. Uh, no, I'd... Uh, yeah, I'd get Aristocats. Um, there's a lot of... Yeah, like... but I'm more surprised at Aristocrats. I'm more likely to come to Aristocrats, I think, personally. Fair. Like, it's weird. Out of the films that we've done so far, it's like... I would probably revisit The Great Mouse Detective uh, more than 50% of the films that we've covered so far. What, in both lists? In both lists. Fair enough. It's uh, just one of those things. Yeah, I also... I mean, we spoke about this last time, but remember there's like three films I'd probably revisit last time, which was Fantasia, Sleeping Beauty, and I can't remember the other one, actually. <laughs> Maybe it was two. Maybe it was Lady in the Tramp or Alice. I think it was Lady in the Tramp. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, sick, sick. Um, good to know that I have a really shit opinion of a great. Uh, sorry, a really good opinion <laughs> of a shit film. Um, it's not a shit film though. It's just no, it's not. It's not. Film. It's like, yeah. But the thing is, is that like when Disney do an indifferent film, you you're left disappointed because, because you expect you... more from Disney. 
Rocky, but I think that's not more really. Really, this is like the third rap film. Is it? Yeah, I think that's more apt. We got rescuers. Okay, rescuers. Uh, nice. Oh no, Basil the Great Master. Fucking nice. Cinderella as well. You are correct. Um, yeah, it is the third one, isn't it? Like Aristocats, rice mice are probably a big part in that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is there any rice here? 101 Dalmatians. Any rice? I don't know if there's rice. rice. I'm pretty sure no, you say rice. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't care if I said rice. To be if you said rice, that's going to be amazing. I'm going to listen to it back and I'm just going to be like, beautiful. Um, right. Final film then, I guess, of this lot is Oliver and Company. Uh, we've already kind of touched on it briefly earlier, didn't we? I'm just not a fan of this film, you know. I love the fact that I say I'm a fan of The Black Cauldron and The Great Mouse Detective, which are two of Disney's most, like, least, oh, wait, like, average films. Well. Oh, wait, no. The... Fox and the Hound, thank you. You oh, were God, I Fox and the Hound. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. That's my bad. Like, I love the fact that, yeah, I say, like, I love The Fox and the Hound, I love The Black Cauldron, and I love Great Mouse Detective. And two of those three films are about average films. And then Oliver, Com- Oliver and Company is, like, a fairly well-known and fairly liked film and i'm like eh. uh i didn't know oliver and company was liked it's just uh, i never visited it uh, the name didn't really catch me but for my low expectations going in it was an all right film i enjoyed it better than uh rap detective personally you shut your mouth right now no i mean i love the fact that billy, billy joel is in this as in the artist. So, piano, I'm pretty sure he's Piano Man. But he's most well known for being a recording artist. Um, yeah, Oliver and Company is just one of those where I'm just like, eh, it exists. It's a ragtag of animals, again. Yeah, I <laughs> think... I think animal I'm, shit, again. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just animals. So how many of that is that in... So we, barring the Black Cauldron... To be fair, there is an alright mob boss in that as well. So if they combine the mob bosses together, that'd be the pentultimate mob boss. So hang on, hang on. This half is great. rat, half man, this full mob great. boss. In this entire list that we've gone through today, only two of them is where the focus is not predominantly on animals. Only two of them. So the other eight or nine are all animal-focused, which are, and I'm going to go through this now, 101 Dalmatians, The Jungle Book, Aristocats, Robin Hood, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, Great Mouse Detective, and Oliver and Company. All of them are animal-centric. They are animal-centric, but a lot of them have a lot of human characters, and so it doesn't feel that much, but goddamn, most of them are centered around them. I didn't realize. Yeah, I know that's that's mad because obviously, like Jungle Book is like predominantly centered around Mowgli as well. But yeah, he he's like one of two human characters. Yeah, um, and then you got uh, 101 Dalmatians, which is mainly focused on the dogs. But then you got Cruella Deville and the owners. So humanity being evil. Oh, yeah. and the uh, actual good boy owners that actually like pets yeah yeah got you've got many adventures of winnie the pooh obviously told through the narrator slash christopher robin's eyes mm-hmm. you've got robin hood which is obviously a human-based story but they just threw in animals because they were like fuck it we want to draw animals so good why job. not good job my, my brain george my brain <laughs> you've got the rescuers where it's it is dribbling both- out You've got the rescuers where it is focused on animals, but they're focused on finding a human child. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the fox and the hound, obviously focused on animals, but you've got one owner one side, another owner another side. Black Cauldron doesn't come into this equation. The Great Mouse Detective, the same story is going on above Wait, ground as well as below ground. You say that, it does have animals in it. You've got the psychic character that we mentioned before. You've got the magic you pig. Don't know what... You've got the magic pig, and you've got the... Was it guy who sacrifices himself? I've come. Gurgi. Gurgi. Do we know what animal he is? I don't think I want to know. He's just a Gurgi. He's just a Gurgi. He's a Gurgi. He's like he's like a humanoid dog. That's the only way I can explain it. He's a null. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, then you've got Grace Ma- Great Mouse Detective, which is obviously, yeah, Story Below Ground is the same as going above ground. And then Oliver and Company, where it's like, yeah, Oliver and his squad. And that's it. It's, and it's all, it's all animal-based, pretty much. That's mad. I'm well, pretty sure got, next uh, week... you got three humans in Oliver and Company. Is it three, four? Four. You got the mob boss, you got the poor owner, and you got the two rich owners. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's kind of it. So, okay. I'm I'm I think this is this will be the best way to leave this one this week. Because none of these have been barring Jungle Book, none of these have been made into live action yet. No, Jungle Book and 101 Dalmatians. Which of these films would you guys like to see as a live action? Like I said, Fox and the Hound. That's probably the best live action one. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Just, just Fox and the Hound. Would you throw in any others? I mean, a Witcher style Black Cauldron would be awesome. That's what I'm thinking. That, like the, that, that you know, did tempt me. I can't lie, that did tempt me when you mentioned that, but uh, I don't know. Like they, they want to bury it, so fuck it. Why not? I'll steal yeah. the rights to it and then make a load of money off of it. Why not? Thanks, Disney. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Because I can't think of another... Oliver and Company, eh. Jungle Book, they've already done. 101 Dimensions, they've already done. And the rest of the films, I'm pretty indifferent to. Should we I play think. our game of higher or lower? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so 101 Dimensions <laughs> is where it is. Uh, Swallowed in the Stone, higher or lower than 101 Dimensions. I'm thinking lower. I'm thinking thinking lower. So is that all three of us for lower? Yeah. Sick. Uh, Jungle Book. Higher. 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 Uh, Aristocats. Lower. Lower. Ben. Lower. Uh, Robin Hood. Higher. Yeah, higher. Sick. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I'd put that lower. This movie, I would put lower. But other stuff. Other Winnie the Pooh stuff, yeah, we have to clarify. We're not slagging off Winnie the Pooh. We're slagging off the film. This is the start to it, and like you said, there's many skits, but these skits made me fall asleep. And I'm not a child anymore, so... Yeah, it's not so much a film. It's a compilation of short stories. That's a better way of phrasing it, I guess. Um, The Rescuers, higher or lower? I'm I'm thinking higher, to be honest. I'm thinking higher. I'm thinking higher. Like, I know I kind of... I know I kind of slated it earlier, but it's not so much slating it. It's like, I prefer this part of the story than this part of the story, but I'd still go and revisit The Rescuers more than I'd visit Winnie the Pooh. This film with Winnie the Pooh. Um, The Fox and the Hound, I would put higher. Yeah. Yeah, higher. Yeah, I don't think there's much question there. The Black Cauldron. Oh, this is where it's going to get interesting for me. Both of you are saying lower. No, I haven't said shit yet. Okay, uh, so Ben said, "Hamez, I think higher, just because it's a more niche story and it's a bit darker undertone, which is more out of Disney's realm. So I'm just sort of like, it's tempting. It's that temptation, just sort of like, oh. You see, I'm going to be a bit controversial considering how much I said I love the Black Cauldron. I'm actually going to put it lower. But you know what? This is my thing, is that The Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, Great Mouse Detective, and Jungle Book are essentially my top four. And like Fox and the Hound is probably my number one. So when I'm saying The Black Cauldron is lower than Fox and the Hound, I'm not saying it's like in the bottom half. I'm saying it's in like the top four. And it's only, a, I'd probably revisit The Fox and the Hound. Probably because as well, Fox and the Hound made me feel more emotion. And I haven't seen it as often. So I'd probably revisit it. And that's what I'm kind of basing this on. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I think everyone's going to vote lower, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fair. Uh, and then finally, Oliver and Company. Again, I'm going to vote lower on Oliver and Company. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, we got one more after this. Uh, Oliver and Company, I'm going to put lower. Hi. Oh, you bitch. Um... Again, it just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I, I love my ragtags, you know, George. I love my ragtag of people. Ragtag group people. of rebels. Yeah. Uh, Benjin. Oliver and company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say lower. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you're, then... you're smiling so hard right now. I can feel it. No, no I'm not. 
No, I'm not. I'm definitely smiling. <laughs> uh, and then 101 Dalmatians to make it full circle. 100%. 100%. I'm saying higher. Higher. For sure. Yeah, I don't think I'll there's much question there. It's more iconic. Yeah. And I think it is such... It, and the villain is so good. Like, it's the start of an era compared to, like, the end of an era when they yeah. didn't know how to do errors yet. Oh, also, can we just appreciate very quickly, because we didn't touch on it, um, how good the villain is in the Black Cauldron, because I think the Horn King is fucking terrifying. Uh, I do like him. Like, he's such a villain that gets overlooked as well. Yeah, I know, <laughs> just right? makes me feel so sad now. The, ho the whole film gets overlooked, mate. The whole film gets overlooked. True. Black Cauldron is completely overlooked. Um, right, I think that's it, as ever. Thank you for listening to the wait, officially... Wait, wait. What, 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 what? Which ones are our favourites? Because top yours what? is... Top one. Yeah, Fox top and the one. Hound. Fox and the Hound. Benny? I think it's a hard choice between Fox and the Hound and 101 Dal Dalmatians. Fair. Ooh. I, I'm saying Jungle Book. It's too nostalgic for me. I love Fair. it. Fair. I love how me and Ben went for the Doggo films. Ways. Yeah, I think I think it's because we've got doggos and James like Doe. Mm -hmm. All you need are the bare necessities. Oh god, oh god, is that what you're leaving on with us, James? Uh, uh, can't think of anything else. Uh, just remember, Disney supports concentration camps. Oh my god! And on that note, thank you for listening to the officially unofficial film podcast. Bye.